Hey everybody, Ray Lucchese here with Keith Townsend. Welcome to another sponsored episode of the Greater Than Storage Podcast. This podcast was recorded October 16th, 2019. It's another of our conference special podcasts. Keith and I are here at Commvault Go 2019 in Denver this week, and I thought we'd get together to discuss some of Commvault's announcements at the show. But before that, I was just wondering what you, uh, what you thought, Keith, of the new CEO. Uh, you know what? Pretty likable, actually. I, I, I thought, uh, you know, we, we, we talked to him in the analyst section. We threw a couple of tough questions his way. He, he uh, reacted well to them, and, and, and he uh, took them in well. Oh, yeah. I thought, you know, it's obvious that uh, things are changing at Commvault. I mean, the whole Metallic thing, the Hedwig acquisition, there's lots of, uh, lots of movement on a number of fronts that I haven't seen in years at Commvault. So... Yeah. In that perspective, I think it's a it's a breath of fresh air. Yeah, you know, uh, I was quite amazed when they said that you know when he joined, he said he wanted the the metallic product out, and uh, nine months after he kind of gave the the go ahead, it was uh, it went GA. That's an amazingly fast pace for Combalt. It's amazingly fast paced for anybody, but yeah. Combalt especially, and 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 uh, they kind of they kind of almost created a venture a venture organization within the company and you know they had that they had to handpick the people and stuff like that but they put it together they got it out it's out and available it's sitting on the floor today it's it's uh, it's pretty impressive well why don't we talk about metallic what do you think about metallic as a as a solution uh, so maybe we should start out what it is yeah what is it you know so the Commvault is not exactly killing it in the mid-market section you know you don't get many mid-market companies that say they're going to deploy Commvault because it's, you know, it's an enterprise class tool. I just talked to a customer this morning who said one of his sites, for one of his sites, he spends $4 million a year in maintenance. On Commvault? Commvault. Whoa. So That's a hell of a big enterprise. That's, that's big, one site. One, one site. site. One site. It's a big, he has some big numbers, you know, 50 petabytes of data, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, but... Uh, Metallic is a play uh, to compete against the likes of Druva, Clumio for that mid-market dollar to back up uh, with that with the SaaS control plane or with the backup control plane in the in, in the, the cloud. cloud. Yeah, yeah. So it's really a it's a uh, it's a backup as a service kind of offering that that they've defined. It uses uh, it uses Commvault backend capabilities, but uh, you know there's only like three specific solutions I think they offer. Uh, one is a, is uh, is a core VM a SQL Server uh, that sort of thing. I'm, I think the others no, are endpoint and uh, Office 365. So those are the three options. There's three separately priced. I think the core product is priced on a t per terabyte basis or per hundred terabytes basis. And then the other two options are priced per user. Per user per month yes. kind of thing. So. I think we were looking at one of them, um, Office 365, something like five bucks per user per month. A little bit less. It was like sixty dollars a year. Yeah, yeah. To, yeah so. And then unlimited data. So unlimited data, unlimited retention, unlimited. You know, it's it's pretty impressive. Product. It was. I'm kind of. I'm. Kinda, I'm, <laughs> I'm big at. I mean, I use O365 not for email, but for uh, OneDrive and all of that. So yeah. Well, I use all the Office too. products, Word and Excel and all that stuff. I haven't used OneDrive. I'm kind of locked into this Dropbox world, but uh, it's a different game. Yes. But yeah, it looks like it's, uh, I was impressed by the team. They're all, they're all, you know, hot to go. The, the team is pretty knowledgeable. I was out at the floor the other day trying to, uh, trying to do a sign up and stuff like that. And we were walking through that and it was, uh, 
the booth is a small booth, but there's a lot of traffic. I mean, it's like small booth, a lot of traffic. Well, you know, 2,000, a little bit less than 2,000 registered uh, attendees. So not a huge conference to no, begin it's with, not. but you know, if you think about it, for a point, for a non-platform company, 2,000 people are, is is actually a pretty decent number for the type of conference that it that it is. And I am also impressed with the people. We talked to the UX uh, designer for Metallic. She was talking through how they, one, it's an all-woman team, which right, is really right, right. great. It's pretty unusual. Yeah, it's pretty unusual. <laughs> yeah. And then, two, she just talked about just the healthy debate they had about tearing down that complete user interface and making it as simple as possible for this targeted audience without insulting, you know, their intelligence. Like, right. what is a VM? Right. You know what a VM is. Right. It's, you know, how do I get that Commvault capability without that Commvault complexity? We were talking with uh, David uh, Ngo at, uh, last night and at Tech Field Day uh, event the other day or so ago, and uh, he was saying they agonized over a lot of these decisions on what, how many parameters to put on panels and how to set it up, which, which offerings to make and stuff like that, but in the end, you know, they had a limited time frame, that six month or nine month time frame, they wanted to get it out. So they had to make decisions based upon the best understanding that they had at the time. They did a lot of surveys of customers and stuff like that. It's an interesting product. Yeah, I mean, well, probably my biggest uh, pushback for the solution, you know, we, they said it's cloud native. So on the back end, they're using cloud native services to build and deploy the Commvault technologies. But the use from a user API and experience per perspective, there is no user-facing API. So you can't programmatically select the service. So in my world, companies that would be interested in this would want to automate and uh, uh, leverage deployment. Convault pushed back and said their research shows that mid-market companies aren't really interested in that type of capability. Yeah, and I don't know about that. I mean, yeah. I've talked to a couple of mid-market customers and they, they are they are interested in, in automation and, and that sort of stuff. But I understand where they're coming from. There's only certain things they can do at, at, at a certain time frame and to try to get it out, they had to make some decisions. One of those decisions was was not to offer an API. But I, you know, I'm looking at a lot, of other cust a lot of other companies when they're trying to do and it's really a consumption model change to some extent, going from a, a capital expense to an op expense. And a lot of them will just sell you the stuff, but they'll deploy it, and, and they will, you know, they'll take a, a different type of revenue stream. These guys decided, well, let's let's go make make this a real cloud service and stuff like that. I was I was pretty impressed with that. I was I was impressed with it too overall. And then the you know 20 years of IP. So as customers make requests for new capability, they can offer it like. You know, I'm, I'm assuming at this speed, within a month or a couple of months. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've got the they've got the agility. It seems uh, to 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 keep up with that world and stuff like that. It's a, it's a good market expansion or, or an adjacent market mm -hmm. kind of thing for Commvault to get into. It's certainly not going to be a four million uh, maintenance play, but you know, it could could represent quite a lot of business for them and stuff like that. You agree. So that's uh, that's uh, that was probably the most interesting product announcement at the show from my perspective. Um, a lot of talk about Hedwig today, today, and and the acquisition and what they're planning to do with that. You know, they spent a lot of money on them. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not cheap. Yeah. Yes, it was. It wasn't cheap. Two hundred and twenty-five million, I think the, yeah, the yeah. deal was. And Commvault is not that big of a company, so right. that, I think it's something like ten percent of their market cap or some size of 
before the acquisition. Really? So okay. it, it wasn't a small acquisition. And Avinash, I think, made a pretty good uh, argument for why their technology is unique in general. However, you know, they weren't tearing it up, right? I mean, yeah, no, they weren't doing it. It wasn't like they were, you know, lighting up the world yeah. from, from that perspective. But, you know, the advantage of that is maybe they were cheaper, maybe they just didn't have the reach or marketing to, to deploy it. I, you know, we both dealt with Almanash over the years, uh -huh. and he was not exactly the easiest CEO to, to talk to about these sorts of things, but uh, it was funny. I thought, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. I think the technology is good. I think it's you know it's 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 focus on containerism, uh, container you know, applications is is the right trend to be and stuff like that. You know, my question is really, does Commvault really can they really deploy a, a software store defined storage and their back end and not piss off all their, all their ecosystem? Well, can they find the right balance too? So you know, integrating the technology is one challenge and then selling the technology. Like th this is, they're going through partners, so they have to enable partners and partners have to know this well enough. Partners have to have the relationships with the teams that will buy this technology. Right, right. So there's a lot of big ifs. I, I think uh, the move in CEO and leadership sets them up well to start to have those conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, uh, Sanjay's a former CIO, right. so he under it's obvious that he uh, understands the enterprise and how the enterprise th thinks. Right. And I think that's to their advantage, at least with the Hedwig uh, uh, acquisition. He explained the whole data brain, bringing together the data uh, and storage disciplines under one um, Umbrella. umbrella. I think that I think that scares some of us. You know, it does scare a lot of us. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a whole discussion about do you want your primary and secondary storage on the same management system? Plan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Management plan is a part of that. Uh, and uh, you know, obviously, a traditionalist, we would say no. But you know, there's there, there's room there is room to discuss that and see how you know maybe you can still have an air gap and still be in the same system environment, even if there are the same control plane. Hedwick and, and Commvault storage are different. So, I mean, it, I think it can work. It, it reminds me a lot of vSAN, quite frankly, because mm -hmm. vSAN come out and, and, and VMware and effectively threaten their biggest ecosystem partners, which are all the storage vendors, including Dell and stuff like that. But they came out with vSAN ready notes and Dell and, and all these other ecosystem partners said, okay, we can play this game and, 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 and get some benefit from that. And in, in the same breath, Everything they're doing with vSAN, those, those APIs, vVols, all that stuff, those are coming out for, for regular storage. So if you can retain that independence of the two products in this, in this case, I think you might be able to finesse the, 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 the ecosystem. Yeah, so the, that is interesting because, you know, Datrium has a model where, you know, they have some, they have, they've gone into data protection, at least they tried to. I don't know, I haven't heard that story as consistent as maybe about a year ago. And I argued with them that, hey, you know what? I know that you may have two separate storage environments from a uh, like physical, I'm using you know one class of storage for backup, another class of storage for production, but it's the same system. Yeah. And what happens if there's a problem with the system right. and not a problem with the underlying storage itself. Yeah, we were on the on-premise on podcast uh, yesterday talking a little bit about that, but 
software. If the software is the same, a same bug can take out the world. You know, yes. and you're not you're not going to be pleased when both your primary and secondary storage goes down. But if they can keep Hedvig and you know Commvault storage separate, then maybe there's a play here. Maybe it makes sense. But the, but they're talking about automations between the two. So the ability to self-provision storage yeah. when you run out of uh, backup. Uh, when your target, your backup target starts to run low on space, you know, Commvault goes out and provisions storage directly uh, via to support the Hegvich. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's so it's a fu it's a funny line. So the the devil's it, in the detail. It's a fine line, and and be able to finesse that and not piss off all their storage partners and stuff like that is going to be a bit of a challenge. Yeah, I saw I NetApp and HPE on the floor, you know, yeah, earlier, yeah. and they're they. At least the people, the people in the booth were still pretty happy with the relationship. Right, but. right, right. I, I'm, I'm sure it's profitable for everyone, but I think, and the key that VMware showed was if you can maintain independence and uh, API parity between mm -hmm. the two, I think you can support your ecosystem and your own internal solutions as a, in, a, in a fashion that works for everyone. It's a challenge, and and, and, and VMware doesn't have it all right ever, all the time I, either, but uh, they've been playing that game for quite a while. And, Seems like it works for them, stuff yep. like that. So we'll see what happens with Hedwig and see how it plays out in the long run and, uh, and uh, look, look to see what's going on there. So the other big discussion was the Activate solution. What do you think about that? So I did some content with the uh, uh, Activate guys, Patrick uh, McGrath, McGrath uh, and Aaron Murphy talking through just the three different use cases, you know, sensitive data, data optimization, and eDiscovery mm -hmm. are the three platforms. They announced it last year. Uh, I didn't notice it l last year. Yeah, I didn't notice it uh, last year either, but yeah. then I, it was a different game. I think, you know, that's a whole different discussion. The, yeah. the CEO last year and the CEO this year had a different sort of flavor to their, yeah. to their so, conferences. Um, this is the promise, you know, Activate is kind of the promise of realizing your archive data and your live data and mining data is one of those things when you look at Commvault's competitors. It's all about the metadata and being able to manage the metadata. Commvault has quietly, like overnight, just delivered a product mm -hmm. that does, that delivers on that promise in theory. Right, right, And right. Um, it can't be ignored. It's really interesting. I'm, 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 I'm intrigued. To see what they can do with, see, and can see do how with. far they can yeah. get. And, you know, one of the, I think it was Patrick mentioned multiple times. One of the biggest data lakes most enterprises have is their backups. And what can you do with that? And how can you how can you take advantage of that? Is 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 a is a question we should all be talking about, really. Yeah, and you can. And if you think about it, they're giving Activate can give end users the power to search that data lake. Right, right. And, it, and the product actually does. Uh, uh, one of the features is the ability for user to, for a user to go to a web page and, and put in keyword search for data. I didn't get a chance to ask them detailed information about like can a data scientist take a, uh, activate and have an API and, and create analytics uh, across and do like some serious data mining. Like yeah. How robust generic is the platform? Generic yeah. types of keywords. Yeah. I think they said something about they had a list of, you know, standard uh, st standard terms like social security number or uh, I don't know, identity number or something like that. That's for the the, the sensitive data part. Right, right. And then right. there's just the the whole the search e discovery. The, the search e discovery and there's a lot that can be done with it. The Aaron talked about how uh, he's using it inside to get customer insights. 
Hmm. So they're using Activate to mine their historical data on sales on, on and, sales and, stuff like and, that. and and customer support and and etc. That'd be interesting. So yeah, so that, there is that that aspect. It, it, it does appear to be a full text index to yeah. my, uh, of the data, assuming it's all text, which is a different discussion. But you know, if it is, then then you can do this sort of stuff. And it's interesting. I mean, the sensitive data stuff was was. Okay, it's, it's one thing to purge primary storage files with social security numbers under this user or something like that. It's another thing to go back to the backups, which can be, you know, year retention and, and purge that information as so, well. It's pretty impressive. There was another Tech Field Day uh, presenter. I think it was Actifio. Okay, yeah. I think they promised to do something similar. And it's Actifio. Yeah. Actifio. Yeah, and yeah. The, the, uh, theirs was more, much more around, like, landscape management. If I want to... Uh, Pull, pull data out of production and put it into uh, test dev and strip out sensitive data. Oh, okay. And then they, I think they had a feature where they integrated with backup solutions as you can go out and scrub uh, sensitive huh. data. It's amazing. I mean, if you think about that from a, yeah. like what needs to actually happen to scrub that data in those files and still keep like the integrity of the file itself. Yeah, and, and, and some of the metadata yeah. and turns and inherent and stuff like that. So you're deleting files with personal identifiable information out there and and when you so that when you restore, those files won't get restored anymore. Yeah, and then what happens from a uh, data retention. There's just all these all these little gimm like, <laughs> gimmicks that you data, have to like, deal with. Yeah. Like what happens with data retention if I delete a if I delete a file that had PII in it, but my data retention policy o overall said I keep data for this amount of time. Yeah, yeah. Do I make an exception to say except for PII and we don't store PII at all? It's so that was they had another thing that was kind of characteristic of their there was a solution was um, and I'm not sure what to call it, but it was approval level. So you could have multiple approval levels for an operation like let's say you want to delete the PII information and you could delete it on a primary, you could delete it on a backup. But you could also have, uh, it was almost like an email train or something like that so where people would have to actually approve. Right, right, yeah, to just a ledger to see what. what. Yeah. Was, I, I, wanted, I wanted to throw the term blockchain. <laughs> <laughs> Which is immutable, yeah, I might add. So yeah, maybe right. it's not a great place yeah, for this sort of stuff. But exactly. it's, it's, uh, it's, it was interesting to see how they, they're rolling out the functionality and stuff like that. And uh, they didn't talk too much about the, the search and e-discovery and the tech field day stuff, but... Uh, there's a lot of applicability to that sort of stuff. And, There's and, a lot. And these guys, I mean, any of the big corporations nowadays, litigation is a constant, constant lifetime thing. And, and I think one of the challenges that they have is similar to the challenge that they have with the uh, other, the Hedwig solution is who, who sells the product and who do they sell it into? That's a big product. Like yeah. that's three different applications of, yeah. and there's no single owner of all of that in a typical enterprise. Right, e right. Is multiple one, organizations, right. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, you, you can File try and sell it to, you can try and sell it to the backup guy, the backup and storage guy, but he's, does he have the budget right. for the solution? Right, 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 right. Well, that was the other thing about Metallic, which was kind of interesting, and we had a lengthy discussion with the development team, well, some of the developers last night, is it's a partner-led sale. You can only really purchase it through a partner, and there's you know a number of partners uh, that they've provided, and and it's only USA at the moment, from a sales perspective. But 
So I, we're talking about a SaaS application. Most of the guys with a SaaS application, I can take my credit card, right. I go and buy it like with 10 seconds, I might have to provide some, some personal information, uh, that sort of stuff, but uh, it's not a partner-led sale necessarily. But he said that the surveys they did, again, with the mid-market, say that uh, most of the guys uh, do this through a PO, which means that a partner's active in this sort of environment. It's not just a credit card sale. So, and that's, uh, that's their expectation is that, you know, something like 65% of the people they surveyed said we buy through partners. Wow. In that, in that space. Something's just no change, I guess. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about going in and sign up for end, end product, you know, end, end point, point right. uh, uh, services. And I said, well, I don't, I don't work with a partner or something. I said, well, you don't actually have to work with a partner to get the free trial. So you get 45 days of free trial, but if you want to actually purchase it, you have to go and to a partner. That, that is, uh, that's unfortunate. I would like to just, because uh, yeah, I mean, I'm only one person. I don't want to deal with yeah. a partner to get a point solution. I think that, and I'm not sure what the numbers were, but something on the order of 500 employees to 5,000 employees was what the, the way they defined the, the market. And you know, 500 employees, I could see a PO being yes. a, the process there rather than, than uh, but you know, a lot of these line of businesses and stuff like that, they just want to get this thing started, get it rolling and start moving. They don't want to have to if go through that process. If you're a CMO and you're building a cloud native app and you need backup, yeah. And your company already uses Commvault in general, and you're like, oh, I trust the technology. Yeah. This does what you need it to do to back up your uh, cloud native app. Right. Right. Why Why should I go through IT or through IT's partners, etc., to yeah. to get yeah. the service that yeah. I know already works? Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that that was surprising, uh, quite frankly, because I mean, because the way that Commvault has always been, it's been an enterprise solution and stuff like that. There was a lot of activity at the at the booth, and what they're seeing is that. A lot of these enterprises have these line of businesses that, that are smaller, they got robo organizations yep. that are out there and stuff like that. That kind of fit the, the, the doesn't necessarily fit all the, all the T's and C's of, of, a, of, a, of a mid market organization, but have mid market requirements. Yeah, the, the, uh, that same customer I talked to this morning was talking about how they were looking at products like Cohesity, Rubric, uh, Veeam for their robo locations yeah, they, yeah. you know they don't need something as heavy as Commvault uh at a robo location so you know these other uh, some, uh smaller mid-market solutions were perfect for that so yeah, i'm yeah. sure Commvault, through their research solved that there's the same opportunity yeah they're they're losing um some backups to competitors because they can't shrink down because they don't have the support for that but right. this is the answer to that so yeah well, this has been great, Keith. Anything else you'd like to say about the conference or anything like that? So this is my third go. How many have you gone I think it's third, my third as well. I, uh, it's improved. Uh, the, oh, God, yeah. The, it's, it, a, it's so much better than the first one. Yeah, last year was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and this has been, I think they're getting into a groove. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you could see that they had a, 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 a tour of the floor and stuff like that. I think that went better this year. It I did. think I think that, you know, what they were doing and explaining how they were going about it went better. This whole dog park thing is pretty impressive. I mean, it's like guerrilla marketing kind of thing. Yeah, you know? almost, almost, almost came home with a puppy. <laughs> almost. <laughs> That's the danger of the yeah. dog park. Well, anyways, this has been great. Thank you very much, Keith, for being on our show today at Commvault Go 2019. Next time, we'll talk with another system storage technology person. Any questions you want us to ask, please let us know. And if you enjoy our podcast, tell your friends about it. And please review us on iTunes and Google Play, as this will also help get the word out. That's it for now. Bye, Keith. Bye, Ray. Until next time. Thank you.